You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 297 with Lorianne King. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Lorianne on the show today. I wanted to have her on because, you know, the cost of living is going up and, you know, it's showing that we may be going into a recession. And I don't want people to freak out. You know, I think it's so easy to be like, oh my gosh, what's happening? This is doomsday, right? And so I wanted her to come on, give us some practical steps. So if you're feeling like you're in a pinch and you just don't know what to do, I think this episode is really great for that. You know, as a life coach, um, and when I help women with weight loss, it's like, people want to go from one extreme to another that doesn't work very well because it's not sustainable. I believe money is the same thing. And so you have to shift your mindset. You need to look at things. You need to tweak them. That doesn't mean that you have to swing the pendulum to the complete opposite side. Um, but it is realistic right now that we kind of have to look at our money and see, is it working for us? You know, how are we viewing our money? How do we need to spend it differently? And Lorianne gives us some uh, suggestions on what we can do. So if you're feeling that pinch and you kind of just want to, you know, take a look at your savings, you want to build your savings. Uh, maybe you're freaking out, freaking out about the stocks. I, I want to encourage you to not freak out about that. Uh, most likely you are listening to this. You are not retiring soon. So you don't need to worry about that. You just let it ride. Um, so have, piece about that. But I think that Lori Ann just gives us some suggestions that are very, very practical. Um, if you're wanting to make some money, she suggests some, um, side gigs that I think are really great. These apps that you can use. Um, so if you want to build up that cushion, um, this is such a great episode. So I hope you guys really enjoy it. Lori Ann, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. Okay, Lori Ann. So I like to ask my guests icebreakers to start off the show. And I love asking them, what is one thing that you wish you could have told your younger self? I wish I could have told my younger self to start investing that day. Like mm. whichever, whichever day my younger self was listening to the advice, <laughs> it's like start that day. And even if it's just a small amount, keep putting a small amount away consistently. Because now that I know about the power of compounding interest and how money can grow all on its own when you invest it properly. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I started. I wish my parents started investing for me before I was born. That's how early I wish it could have started. Oh yeah. I mean, and I still think today, even knowing what you know, I still think it's a little bit challenging. Like your mind's like, does it really matter? And then I, you know, I want to talk about this, right? The market has gone down. So, you know, people want to freak out, which they shouldn't, but, um, you know, people, are like, oh my gosh, should we pull out? And you know, you should never pull it out. I'm just letting everybody know. Um, but you know, I think it's, I say that now because it's easier to think this is working when the market is up, right? So as mm -hmm. we're recording this, the market is down. And, um, and so I love that you say that because it's still good to put the money in the market, right? Like you just put it in, don't look at it. Don't let it drive you crazy. Like I, I help women with weight loss and it's kind of like, don't be weighing yourself five times a day. That's not going to help. Like if you drink water, right. eat a lot of sodium, it's going to be up. Right. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, um, all right. I want to jump. I, I oh, totally, totally agree with you just on that point for a, a moment that when the market is going down, if you have money that you have invested for the long term, like we're talking your retirement money, it's like, you don't even want to look at it while the market's going down oh, because right. it's, you're not going to make moves right now. Making moves is how you will lose money right now. And, um, you just, you just want to wait it out. Now I'm, I'm kind of saying that assuming you have a diversified 
portfolio if you, you know, but you just want to actually wait it out. And if anything, if you can invest more right now, that's that's the situation I'm, I'm sitting in where I'm going, okay, well, I want to wait to see kind of like where I think the bottom might be or as close to the bottom Mm. as I can get, but I'm definitely going to be investing more before the market starts going back up. Yeah. Cause it's on sale. Yeah. It's on sale. Yeah. Yeah. This is the time that you make money. Yeah. Let me ask you that question. I mean, obviously you can't just tell everybody what to do because you don't know their situation, but, um, and you don't know when the market hits the bottom, like fully, right. That there's a little bit of a gamble waiting, waiting, um, with anything when you're trying to do something, when you're trying to time anything, uh, it's kind of like waiting to buy a house. You're like, wait, how low is the interest rates going to go before it starts to turn? Right. You, you just have no idea. What would you say where the market is now? Like, do you, so as of now, it is June 23rd of 2022. And so do you feel like it's pretty close or like for you, would you be waiting a little bit longer or like, what would you be doing? Well, here's the truth is that it's impossible to know. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. No one knows the answer no to that question. Yes. If they did, they would well, be incredibly wealthy. Yeah. And, um, you know, people have made entire careers out of trying to guess the answer Mm. to that question. And they do a a lot of research to try and guess the answer. And even those people can't do it reliably. So there's a couple of different strategies you can pursue. One is you can just wait, Mm. right? And say, okay, I'm just going to kind of like intuitively try and sense this. And if I see things starting to go back up, then I'm going to jump in. One is you could get in right now. You could say like, well, I know it's down from where it was. It might go down further, but I think it's going to come back up above where it is now Mm. in a relatively short amount of time. And then the other approach, which is what I use, is an investing strategy called dollar cost averaging, which really just means you spread your investments out over time. So you're getting some diversification um, and you have a bit of a process. So for example, let's say you have $10,000 to invest this year. Maybe you invest $1,000 a month. Mm. And you know some of that is going to be you're buying in and the market is still going down, but then the market's going to start going back up. Um, so it's one way that you can you can kind of get a prevent yourself from doing that analysis paralysis where you just never invest because you're trying to time it and you benefit from just having time in the market, but you're not making like one big bet all on one day. Yes. Yes. I I think that that is key because I do think people are just like, oh, offload all at once. So I think that's you know, a different tactic and and something to consider. So I do really love that. Um, I do want to say that like we jumped right into this because I got so interested. Um, But (laughs) I'm like, oh, we should, I did this the other day because the topics, you know, when they're so relevant and, you know, and I I want my listeners to really understand it's like so easy to just like kind of go deep. And then I'm like, wait, we need to circle back. It's like, you need to introduce yourself. So tell us your name, where you live and how many kids you have. Oh, sure. I'm Lorianne King. I live in Washington state and I have two kids. I have a almost three-year-old and a six-month-old. Oh, wow. Yes. Little, little six, yes. six-month-old. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. All right. So Lorianne, uh, uh, tell us how you got to where you are today in regards to you know money, investing and all that kind of stuff. And then we'll kind of jump right into it. Sure. Yeah. So um I didn't grow up with very much money. I grew up pretty, you know, middle class, maybe lower middle class. Um, we, there's a family of five and we all grew up on my mom's nursing salary. And, um, I 
you know, like didn't really get any kind of formal education about money. My family was very thrifty, um, but I didn't really know how to manage money. I definitely didn't know how to invest and grow money. Um, And then when I was 13, both my parents got sick. In the same year, my dad had a heart attack and my mom had a stroke. And they thankfully both survived. Um, And they're still with me today, which I'm super grateful about. Yeah. But it wreaked total havoc oh, sure. on their financial lives. Yeah. And we ended up having to sell our house. We mm. moved into my grandmother's house. And it was just, it was really formative for me as a young person seeing that where I, I said like, I never want that to happen to me. Yeah. And so then I did all the things society taught me to do. I got good grades. I went to a good school. I got a good job. And when I was out of college making money, because I didn't know how to manage it, I wasn't saving any of that money. I wasn't investing any of that money. And uh, a couple years into being married, I had actually created $40,000 of debt. And my husband, who grew up in a family of financial planners mm. who had incredible financial literacy, he was unhappy, to say mm. the least, about my <laughs> yes. $40,000 of debt. I would imagine. <laughs> For him, it was like, how is this even possible? Yeah. I, you know, I can't believe we're in this situation. Right. And so there was a ton of growth and healing that had to happen, honestly, to protect my marriage. Yeah. It was like, this is causing a huge source of stress. And that's really where it started, I see. where I became willing to start to get financial education and literacy. And and then through that process, I really healed my relationship to money and you know, kind of fell in love with being able to create income, teaching other people how to create income and grow their income. Um, because I just, I saw all of the freedom that it created in my mm. life. And so Britt and I, uh, Britt's my best friend. We've been best friends for over a decade and we teamed up three years ago and launched Dow Janes, which is a company dedicated to helping women take control of their finances. I love so it. So we've been doing that for three years now and 6,000 members later, we've, yes. we've really been helping That's women great. do this, do this right. That's awesome. Well, and let's talk about this. Okay. So listening to you be in debt and then, um, figuring all of that out and, you know, here we are, uh, inflation is really impacting people. Gas is super high groceries. I feel like every time people go to the grocery store, there's like, everything's more money than it was last week. And, um, you know, that's challenging even if you don't have, um, all this debt. And then, and then you think about like, if you even have savings and I wanted to talk about that, like, so planning your money, right? Like if you don't have a lot of savings right now, I can see people being like, okay, yeah, I've been wanting to save money. I've been meaning to do it. Right. It's like, oh, it's on the list. And now things are costing more money. So now what are we going to do? Because now things are costing more money and maybe the money they were going to use to start putting into savings, it's now going to just living. Cost of living is going up. So um, what is your thoughts for just planning your money and how important that is? Yeah, it's essential. It's it's essential. I think at this point, if you are not in the financial situation that you want to be in, then having a plan for your money is required. There's a, It's There are other things you may need to do beyond having a plan for your money, but without the plan, you're definitely not going to be able to create the financial reality that you want. And part of that reason is that we live in this world where, like you said, prices are going up. We also live in this world where we are bombarded with advertisements. I saw a stat recently that the average person sees between 6,000 to 10,000 ads per day. Wow. That is 
insane. Yeah, that is right? insane. It's, mm-hmm. it's insane. And so if you don't have a plan for your money, I promise you someone else out there does. And we've we've gotten to this point where we really need to play defense. We need to be very clear on what's important to us and to protect our money to go towards the things that are important to us. Because otherwise, honestly, just the world of marketing and advertising has gotten so sophisticated where it it really preys on human psychology and these cognitive biases that we have that we don't even know about, that we end up doing things that are to us in the end, actually kind of meaningless with mm-hmm. our money. Yeah. And, um, and it's, you know, with, with prices as high as they are, it's like, we just actually can't really afford to do that any longer. So what would you say to people that kind of just find themselves a little bit defeated, right? Like, maybe they feel like, okay, I didn't take advantage of when it, I, I didn't take advantage of it when I probably wanted to. And here we are, the market or not the market, the, you know, inflation's going up, cost of living's going up. What practical steps would you give them that, you know, I like if you thought back to paying off your debt, right? Like, it's kind of like, it's like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? You can't just like eat the whole, not that you're going to eat an elephant, but that you can't just do it all in one like bite. So, you know, knowing that pain that you went through with your debt, what would you want to say to people who are like, okay, I only have a couple hundred dollars in savings. And if this keeps going this direction, I mean, I'm going to be in trouble. So what would you suggest to them on, you know, how, how are they going to build up their savings? Yeah. Well, the first thing I'd say is that you, you want that clarity, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're not already tracking your income, start tracking it right now, write down everything that comes in and everything that goes out Mm -hmm. and just get clarity on what is the gap there. Are you currently just kind of breaking even? You're just getting by each month. Do you have some breathing room where you have a little money left over or are you actually going into debt? You, You need to know that. So be clear there because the answer to that question will determine how aggressive you need to be in altering your spending or how aggressive you need to be in finding additional sources of income. So once you're armed with that knowledge and you know, okay, how much you want to save, then you can take the appropriate action. And, you know, one, one idea that's coming to me really in this moment in thinking about the, um, the rising costs and people's frustration with it is to actually use that frustration right? Like lean into that. Yeah. So going and buying the things you normally buy is now making you angry. Use that, right? Like use that outrage to say, you know what? I'm not going to buy that brand anymore, or I'm not going to buy that brand right now. Like actually use that to boycott and, and, and use your, we think about our voice as consumers, right? The most powerful thing we can do is not buy (laughs) to send a message to a company. And so if if there's opportunities in, in that where you're seeing like, you know what, gas is so high. So I'm, I'm going to like go on fewer, uh, voluntary drives, or we're going to start riding our bikes or, you know, it's like use the things that are making you angry right now to influence how you actually are using your money. Yeah. I really like that. I mean, I do think that's a good point, right? That we do have that ability to not put money into companies that we're not happy with, right? Like you are making a point with your dollar. And so um, I wanted to ask you about this. So when you think about investing, right? Especially when you go back to the, telling your younger self, invest, right? If people are struggling though, would you say to be investing or would you say, let's build up your savings first and then you can switch over? 
So we typically recommend um, that people have an emergency fund before they start investing. And there's two reasons for this. Um, the first is you always want your family to be protected, right? Like the survival of the present moment matters more than survival of the future because there yeah. will be no future if you don't survive yeah. the present moment. Right. And how big your emergency fund should be depends on your situation, right? The, the kind of common rules you might hear out there is anywhere from six weeks to six months of expenses. That's a really big gap, right? Saving yeah. six weeks to saving six months of expenses. Yeah, right. So how you know if you can be on the lighter side or you want to be on the bigger side of that of those savings depends on your situation, like how secure you think your income sources are, how easy it would be for you to find a backup source of income if you were to lose your job or um, you know have something change in that environment how many dependents you have and what your backup options are. Like, mm -hmm. do you have family you could move in with if something really catastrophic were to happen? So based on those factors, you can determine, you know, how big of an emergency fund you need to feel comfortable. And we recommend having that emergency fund in place for the second reason that once you start investing, you want to be able to make decisions about that invested money based on the performance of the investment. You don't want to ever be forced to make decisions about that money based on an unexpected emergency happening in your life, right? That's mm -hmm. one of the ways that people lose money when it's invested is, you know, let's, let's just like make up a scenario for right now. Let's say you invested money five years ago and you never built an emergency fund and that money's been invested and it went up for a little while, but now it's gone back down. Um, and maybe it's down even lower than when you first invested it but you need to pull money out for the for the emergency because you didn't have an emergency fund saved. So now your investment hasn't gained any money. In fact, it's lost money and you're being forced to pull it out. Whereas if you were allowed to just leave that money alone, it's going to recover and then mm. it's ultimately going to grow. Yeah. I am so excited to tell you that if you've been sitting on the fence with life coaching, imagine this, you and I working together one-on-one -on -one for free. If you are a mom in their late 30s or 40s, finally finding yourself having the time to think about yourself, then make sure to grab a free mini coaching session with me. If you feel like you're stuck and you are ready for your forties to be amazing, if that be losing your baby weight, changing jobs, maybe starting a business, working out again, or possibly just building habits that you can feel good about and stick to, then this coaching session is for you. Maybe you're finding yourself spending so much energy thinking, what is next in my life? I have the husband, I have the kids, I have the house but I still want more Then this call is for you. Maybe you feel like you're too old and you want to try something different, but you're so scared and you don't know how to take those first steps. This session is for you. And even better, I'm going to give you tactical steps that you can start implementing the moment we get off our zoom call. So if you're interested in more details, you can DM me at mom inspired living, or if you know, this is something that you've been wanting, just go ahead and grab a spot at mom inspired show dot com forward slash coaching. And if you don't see a date or time that works for you, DM me at mom inspired living or email me at amber at mom inspired show.com. I can't wait to chat with you guys. Now let's get back into the show. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's so good because I do think, you know, it's like with losing weight. This is everybody wants to lose weight really fast, right? They want to, they want to lose a ton of weight and they want to do it in five weeks. And you know, that's just not realistic. And so I think with money, you know, money, a lot of times is similar, similar behaviors. It's like 
you want to do everything up front, but you, you can't. And so, uh, that's why I wanted to ask you about that to see what your thoughts are. Um, I want yeah, to, get, and, and oh, go ahead. let me, sorry, let me just tie it back to the conversation we were having about inflation right now as well. So when you think about money sitting in your savings account right now with the rate of inflation that we're experiencing, it's a little bit like your money is an ice cube. And oh. it's summer. It's getting hotter and hotter yeah. every day, mm. right? So we think about the our, what's called our purchasing power of our money. Yes. Because money itself is not actually valuable. Nobody right. is out there right. looking for digits on a screen or pieces of paper in their wallet. That, like, yeah. that in itself, if that's all it was, is meaningless. What's valuable about money is what it can do for you. Mm. It's purchasing power. And so as inflation goes up, meaning the cost of things get higher, more expensive. It means $1 goes less far. It has declined in its purchasing power. Mm -hmm. So money that we have just sitting in cash is actually going down in value on a daily basis when inflation goes up, like we're experiencing right now. And so it kind of ties back into that initial thing we dived right into of like, well, Mm -hmm. do you go into the market while it's going down? Do you wait? How do you figure that out? Um, Which is when, you know, like I said, personally, I'm doing a dollar cost averaging strategy because I I believe in the longevity, the long term performance of the mm-hmm. stock market, and um, you know I have a long investment horizon where I I believe money invested now will ultimately be worth more when I'm going to need that money, and I know that just sitting there, the money is not actually neutral; it's actually going down in value. Yes, I agree. I wanted to ask you too. Okay, so for the people who are thinking, okay, I do want to save money, but you don't want to just feel like you can't ever spend money either. So do you have any thoughts on that and mindset um, that you help your clients with that while they're trying to save, but they but they're just like, wait, so am I just not spending any money? Am I not living my life? Like, how do you find that balance? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. So one of the steps we have people do in our program, and um, this came from when my husband and I were first learning how to budget together. That's how you know we got ourselves out of the $40,000 of debt, is this idea of spending in alignment with your values. And for me, that was like a totally new concept because I'd always just spent money based on how I felt in the moment that I was shopping. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right. It was like just a, a very intuitive, like, mm-hmm. oh, that seems expensive or that seems like a good deal. So I'll get two of them. Mm. I didn't really have a, a framework for making decisions about my money, mm. which when you think about how much time I was spending on actually like trading my time yeah. for that money mm-hmm. to not be really conscious with it, I think was was kind of an error. Um, And most people are never taught how to be really conscious with their spending. So values-based spending requires you to first get really clear on what's most important to you as a person. Like what is Mm. most important in your life? And then how are you honoring those values? And are there ways that you can honor those values for free, for less money than maybe you're currently spending on them? And when you're doing that tracking exercise that I recommended, you can actually review what you've been spending money on and like call out things that you're spending money on that don't honor any of your values. And are there ways that you can actually eliminate those expenses? 
So we, we really help people increase their savings pretty dramatically in our program, but it's not done through sacrifice mm-hmm. because that doesn't work. It's unsustainable. Yeah. We really actually focus on spending better. So you feel like you're getting more for your money because you're getting things that you truly care about. And then you're also able to save and hit your financial goals because you're eliminating things that, you know, maybe had just become habit or second nature, or you thought you needed that you realize you don't, or you're able to find a, you know, a cheaper option because that thing doesn't really matter that much. And it's, um, it's really actually about spending better than it is about saving. Yeah, I like that. And I, you know, we're getting close to the end and I wanted to ask you, um, what is your suggestions? I don't know. Did you end up adding like side jobs and stuff like that when you're paying off the debt or like, did you just like kind of buckle down and then just tighten everything up in order to pay it off? Yeah. Um, I did a bit of both. Okay. I did both. Yeah. So I started working for Postmates and this was like, I had left my, you know, high five figure. I wasn't quite at six figures. So I had a high five figure corporate job that Mm I quit to start my own business. Mm. And then starting my business was harder than I, than I thought it was going to be. It took longer to start to generate income. And that's (laughs) when I got myself into the debt. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so I like, wasn't earning enough money in my business. And so I started doing side hustles. I started delivering for Postmates and it was like, for me, I was like, a bit of a humbling experience to be like, okay, well, I know if I just go back into the job market, Mm -hmm. I can make a lot more money than this, but I really believe in my dream and I'm Mm going to do what it takes to achieve my dream. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, I think that earning is kind of the, the best kept secret of the financial equation, if you Mm -hmm. will. So you think about the financial equation, it's income minus expenses equals savings and then you invest those savings. Mm. And where people pay most attention is on trying to reduce their expenses or try to increase their returns on their investments. But the big variable that we have a lot of control over is actually how much we earn. Mm. And so focusing on that earnings part of the equation, um, for most people who don't have a lot of savings, that's usually the place, like the biggest leverage point is when you focus on finding ways to earn more, um, then it, you know, it amplifies the returns you're going to get from those investments that come out on the other side. Yeah. I think that's so important. And that I think, you know, kind of like you're saying, hum- like it humbled you a little bit. And I think even if you're not trying to start a business that, um, you know, just doing the side hustle, the gigs. And I think you mentioned to me before, uh, we started recording, um, what are some of the apps that you were mentioning that people could look into to like kind of pick up side jobs? Yeah, I'm a big fan of, um, because I love freedom. So I'm a big fan of the apps that kind of let you set your own hours or your own availability. So there's apps like Rover, which is a dog walking app or task rabbit, which is doing, um, like independent jobs or tasks, helping people in in their neighborhoods or around their homes. Uh, There's obviously Uber or Lyft being a rideshare driver, but things like that, that let you set some of your own schedule and still like, you know, when you have a free hour or two, you can hop on there, make some money. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So Lorianne, we're at the end of the show. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we tie this up? Yeah, I just want to add for everyone to be really kind to themselves right now. Like it's a tough time. We are coming off of a global pandemic that altered 
many people's lives, either dramatically or at least changed your habits and your norms. And now we're going into a bit of a scary time financially in the economy. And so um, being like just very kind to yourself and not scared, but a bit cautious with your money. Like if you don't really need to do it, maybe don't do it right now. If you could, you know, spend the day at the amusement park or you could spend the day at the beach and one of them is going to save you $250, go to the beach. You know, it's it's just a a time to be a little bit cautious and a little bit kind. I love it. Well, Lorianne, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was so great talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you love this episode, I would love for you to tag me at Mom Inspired Living on IG Stories so I can personally thank you for sharing this. All right, you guys, I'll see you next week. 